You are listening to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. Here are your hosts, Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant. Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller. He is Jake Grant, and we are like Dasher and Dancer. Oof. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Reindeers. Where's Rudolph, man? Why does everybody leave Rudolph out? Well, I figure like if one of us is Rudolph and the other one's like one of the other, like however many they are, I feel like that guy uh, then, then it's just trying to figure out who I have a higher opinion of. Um, spoiler alert, sure. it's myself, but obviously we're all our own Rudolph in our own minds, right? Can I be, can I be Comet? <laughs> <laughs> Clean it up. Uh, what, what is that? Uh, Malibu's most wanted. Whereas like, yeah. uh, it makes me want to vomit. Clean it up with Comet. Earth is my plummet. <laughs> you know way too much about that. Way too many lyrics on that line, man. That's uh, yeah. It's a great line. Um, so we're here. Hey, man. Happy holidays. We got Christmas coming up next week. Uh, and w- the podcast version of Christmas is the early signing day. And Washington was able to sign um, all 15 guys that are in this 2021 class as of now. Um, so, Jake, what are first your initial thoughts on this class? Trying not to be a homer. Um, I really like this class. I don't want to. I don't want to say names of anybody yet because we're going to position preview uh, everybody on this list. But the upper echelon of this class is real nice. Uh, You got some great skill position players coming in. We missed on some guys. We just missed out on JTT. Nope. Um, Nope. We didn't just miss out on JTT. We just missed out on. Emeka Egbuga. We just missed out on Emeka Egbuka. Um, That one hurt. We, We talked about that earlier this week. That one hurt a little bit more than I thought it would. Yeah. Um, neither of us were real hopeful on him coming here, but we thought maybe there was a dark horse chance and the day of signing, he decides not to come and he doesn't come to Washington. And we both got a little bit madder than we probably should have. <laughs> um, Troy Franklin not coming here also hurt. Uh, we thought that was a shoe in. We had, uh, we had people, talking to us saying that they thought he was coming here and then he ended up not coming here. So, um, you know, but other than that, you know, obviously it's recruiting. You're going to lose out on some guys, but the guys that they did get, I'm super high on. Um, I really like the, the skill position of this class. We've, we've gone through kind of, um, <clears throat> we've gone through kind of phases, you know, two years ago was the, the lineman phase where we tackled in a lot of, offensive and defensive linemen and then uh you know this year's kind of the skill position with the quarterback and the wide receivers and the running back that I'm really high on so I mean top to bottom I I think it's going to be a really exciting and productive class yeah and you know thinking about Emeka Igbuga and Troy Franklin uh the two highest players that 
you know, Washington really thought that we all thought that they had a really good chance to get, especially with the chance to come in and play with Sam Heward. Uh, it, it's, it, it's tough. And, and the thing is, is like losing a Mecca to Ohio state, unfortunately, that's just one that as Washington keeps progressing, they're going to be going up in these recruiting battles with the best teams in the nation. And that's exactly where you want them. And unfortunately you just, uh, it, Washington was not able to close on that. The one I think that stings a little bit more is, is Troy Franklin, because by all intents and purposes, that one was in the bag for Washington. And, and it looks like maybe Oregon out hustled Washington there at the end. And you don't want to see that. Um, but that's recruiting. Washington won some really good battles for some guys and uh, star ratings aren't everything. Um, and looking at this class, they really picked guys that fit what they're trying to do. And I think that that's the most important part to look at is Washington's class is much better than the algorithms say. And I think that's backed up with um, the way that Sports Illustrated views this. And I'm on um, uh, one of those committees that helped with some of the uh, rankings with that. And they had Washington at 15. So there's definitely some guys that are really, really good in this class. And um, uh, I I like what you said about the cycle. Washington goes with uh, the strengths of where this class is. Uh, Last year, they they took an entire offensive line and that was looked at as a huge win because it is. Um, And then in this class, obviously, we're going to get into it here real, real quick, is they took players with very very high ceilings that were are really really gifted athletically that are going to be able to develop as these guys that are more polished and ready to go uh in the 2020 class um, are going to be playing so um top end of this the ceiling on this class the sky's really the limit um those of you who are uh, negatively tweeting on things that uh, are seen by recruits, just know that that is not helping this program. And uh, I want to get that out of here right now is if you want to complain on Twitter, I, I totally understand. That's what Twitter's for. It's to vent, especially those people who decide not to put their faces uh, on their Twitter account. That's your choice. Uh, and you're definitely whatever you put on your own posts, say whatever you want. But when you're putting things on, uh, especially coach lakes and official Washington things, just know that kids around the program are seeing that. And you can say that that doesn't matter, but it does uh, because we know that firsthand. So we got to, and really, and really why are you dragging this program through the mud? I mean, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be a fan. You're supposed to be a podcaster of maybe not a podcaster, but, you know, fans or people uh, of this, of this university representing this university. And you're, and you're going to slander the name of the team that you're, you hold the highest regard to. Yeah. There's being a fan and then there's being kind of ridiculous and a little bit petty. Um, Let's, let's let the coaches do the recruiting and, and you just sit back and enjoy you know, kind of what happens with that, all, all of the players that are coming in. And you can critique them, do it on your own site, yeah. but putting it on where other recruits are, recruits are seeing it that don't follow you. I think that's where uh, the disconnect is happening. And, and does that, is that the reason why we missed out on those new people? No, but does it, it does it compound? Yes. 
Um, and we know that because we know people within the program and uh, kids who have decided to come here and not. So uh, with, that, with that being said, we're going to move on because this class needs to be celebrated, celebrated because not only is it Jimmy Lake's first class, but it is full of guys that are going to be really, really important for Washington as they go forward. We're going to be using um, some of the composite rankings and we're going to start from the ones who are lowest ranked and move our way up. Um, we're going to start with Siasi Finau. Um, he is from Renton, Washington, goes to Renton High School. He's a defensive tackle. He's more of a, a defensive end uh, projecting at Washington. Jake, what do you know about Finau? He's a, he, I mean, as a, if he projects to a D end, he's a pretty big boy. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, he's a three-star athlete, but when you look at the film, the guy has explosiveness as far as power goes. His, his power comes from his lower body into his legs. And I think that's going to project big time into the, into the college rankings. Um, and it's going to project into the college football game. If your power comes from your lower base, then that's going to help you out big time. I think as we go through here, we're going to find that we don't necessarily agree with some of these star rankings. Um, he's one. Uh, I think, I think he plays better than a three star, but it's also not our job to project these stars. So, um, other than that, I mean, he's just a big physical kid, and, and and I'm I'm excited to watch him come and play in the next level. Yeah, and watching his tape, he's uh, he's really explosive, like you mentioned, and and I think that he's definitely one of those guys that's going to be a project for this uh, for this coaching staff to get him to being a productive player on the Huskies. You're probably not going to see him till his redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior year. Um, he has the skills to be there. He's big. He's uh, the fact that instead of as an interior guy at six thirty three hundred, they're projecting him maybe on the outside a little bit more says that there's a lot of athleticism. Uh, he's still really, really raw. Washington was his only power five um, uh, offer. And uh, I mean, that's because one, he plays at Renton and uh, he was really, I mean, he wasn't rated before Washington offered him and he, he took that job. So he was really unknown until uh, really when he signed, when he committed. And uh, I think he, He's, he's a project that definitely uh, has a chance to produce later on in his career. Uh, next one up is Caden Jumper. He's from Eatonville. He literally plays every position on the offense and defense for Eatonville High School. He's their quarterback. He'll split out, play wide receiver. He's a tight end. Um, he can play on the line. He's been a middle linebacker, outside linebacker, safety for him. He's 6'3", 245. He's listed as an athlete, but he's going to be an H-back slash tight end. Coach Lake compared him today to Will Disley. What do you know about Caden Jumper? Yeah, and, and kind of going with the theme, three-star, to me, just screams the fact that he plays at Eatonville. Yep. Right? Right. I mean, that there's not a lot of exposure. Uh, the kid doesn't – he does literally everything for that football team. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to project him as a full-time player at one position. Um, I do like – I have watched a lot of film on Caden. He, this kid really intrigues me. And I do see a lot I, – I, I agree with Jimmy Lake on this. I do see a lot of Will Disley in this kid. Um, I also see a lot of uh, Drew Sample – 
in this kid too. And the fact that he is a, an extremely good blocker and that shows because he plays on the offensive line as well. And he has the ability to get kind of rough and nasty and push some guys around, which for this Washington football team, that's kind of the guy that they're looking for as far as the tight end goes. Look at what you have right now with Kate Otten. Right. You and me haven't been shy about talking about how we think Kate Otten might be the best tight end in UW history. Mm-hmm. And that's because he's multifaceted. Right. He, he, a, he does not drop a ball, and he does not wear receiver gloves. I mean, that's the most impressive thing <laughs> I've seen since Steve Largent. They're very um, country strong, both of these guys. Right. And then Kate Otten is a phenomenal blocker as well. And that I think you're going to see that just in the same mirrored projection of Caden Jumper. And I think the reason he's a three-star is, A, because he's from Eatonville, and B, because he's a – he's an H back tight end, you know, it's just hard to rank those guys high. Yeah. And you hit it on the head and, and Caden, I mean, he's already country strong. He's, as we speak, he's working at a, uh, a Christmas tree farm. Uh, he's, he bucks bales during the summertime. The, the kid is an absolute blue collar worker. Uh, and, and another reason why, you know, you don't see him shooting up the draft or, or the, uh, the recruiting rankings is, uh, because, you know, he, he's, once he got his scholarship offer from Washington, you know, he didn't do a lot after that. And we're going to see that as we go up and a lot of these guys didn't have the chance anyways, but there's some that chose not to play and go to, uh, recruiting camps or things like that because they had the offer they wanted. Yep. Uh, what I will say about Caden Jumper and the, uh, the Will Disley, um, comparison is I'm going to toot my own horn when I wrote my scout look for Caden Jumper before uh, I'm guessing Jimmy Lake just read my article because that's who I compared him to as well. Um, well, we, I, we, well we do know that Jimmy Lake does read your articles and is an avid listener of the show. Yeah Jimmy we love you thank you for listening. Um, also I guess the last thing to add with Caden Jumper is is you can look at a, a a more skilled Jack Westover who you've seen him used quite a bit uh this 2020 season. The next one we got is Robert Wersch. He's from SoCal High School in California. Uh <laughs> 6'7" 270. He's a power forward playing football. He literally Jake he just picked up football his junior year. Um, because he went to a game and got to see how physical you were allowed to be in football, picked it up, really, really athletic kid, still learning the position, and he's violent. Yeah, and this is kind of the kid that's thrown me for the, a loop in this, in this uh, recruiting class, right? I mean, you can watch all the film you want on him, and he's hard to read. He's still very raw, even mm-hmm. in high school. He's a lot more physical than the kids that he's playing against, right. which I like, obviously. I mean, I want my offensive lineman to be big, strong, physical. I do not see him projecting to be an outside lineman. I see him more in the interior or guard. Oh, I disagree. I, I see, and that's where we differ on this kid. Um, I think you want a guard to be kind of physical and nasty, and you know, and that's kind of where I project this kid. I think he's going to put on a lot of weight. And I think you're going to see him move into the interior and, and be that, that driving force maybe on the left-hand side of the line. One yeah, of those, and one I of see those him, power run guys. Sure. Uh, and the reason why I disagree with that is because uh, his feet. 
his feet are, are he's really, really athletic. His feet are really, really quick. Uh, I think if Washington is able to do what, if he's able to progress, he becomes an elite pass blocker. Um, next up on the list, we have Vince Nunley. He's from Freedom High School in California. He's a safety. Uh, he's probably the one that, uh, other than Finau, uh, I, I don't know as much about as some of these other guys, but what I do know about Nunley, I really like. Yeah, and this, this guy, he, he's so different than the safeties that we have in the program right now. Uh, you look at Asa Turner. He's a big physical kid. He's six three. He's two two thirty. Uh-huh. Um, he's he's just a big football safety, and he's a heavy hitter, and he plays up towards the line a little bit more. This kid projects more of a free safety. Six one one eighty. Right. Um, obviously, he's going to gain a little bit of weight, but he's definitely going to be the guy in the very back protecting the long ball and he has the ability to do that he's real quick he's fast I don't think he has the ball skills quite yet but that's going to obviously have to come with getting into the program and practicing with these guys and getting taught up but he has the physical nature of being the guy the 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 last line of defense yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. He'll probably, once he gets to Washington, my guess is he'll play at about a 205 weight. Yeah. And uh, he does, his footwork is good. Um, I, I think that somebody like a Cameron Williams, who's in the program right now, he's very similar to where he covers a lot of ground. And I yep. think that's where they see him at the next level. Um, we're we're going to we're now really start getting into the guys that I think – should uh, should definitely be rated higher. And these are the guys that pushed Washington up the SI All-American list. Uh, and we're going to start with Caleb Berry from Lufkin, Texas. He, he's, he's not six foot 213. He's 6'2", 213. He is a mammoth of a person. Jake, before I start spilling all over him, why don't you go? I think this kid had the potential to be a four-star running back. Um, his senior season got cut short by an ACL injury that ended the season and he broke his leg. Oh, he broke his leg. Sorry. I knew it was a leg injury. Um, it, it kind of stopped the national recruits from being able to see him, which I think really was a detriment to his rating across the board with everybody on this, on this list. I mean, he's the only one that was able to have a season outside of Voight Tanufi. Right. Does Caleb Barry care? No. Caleb Barry is a big physical back. He is a punisher. He is a downhill runner. He reminds me a lot of Richard Newton, but with more tenacity, I think. Um, I, th- I think you're going to see him come in, and, and I think this is one of the guys that have the ability to make an instant impact on this offense just because I think he has the, he has the size and he has the strength and he has the footwork to play immediately for this team. He, he projects really nicely into this offense that likes to, to, to downhill run with this, this big physical offensive line, and you get a big physical running back to kind of set the pace for that line, I think is going is gonna to bode really well for this kid. I really like him a lot. So what's really special about Caleb Berry is his junior film, he, you saw him run over some players, um, but 
uh, he didn't show it as much as you'd, you'd think being so big, uh, but it's because he was, he was dealing with a shoulder injury from, you know, doing that very thing. So he really worked on it this year, going into his senior year, coach Bonafide told him that he wanted to see more of that power running. And we saw that out of Caleb Barry. What's makes him, I think much more rare than the three-star rating that two, four, seven and rivals uh, ended up giving him is the fact that he is extremely fast. He ended up being second in the state in the 100 meter dash. Um, he's extremely explosive. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, really the sky's the limit for somebody like Caleb. And uh, I can see him as a better version of a Dwayne Washington who was big, fast, could catch the ball and really do anything with the football. Yeah. And I really like Dwayne. Um if he, he didn't was, fumble as much, he would have been, he would have been just fine. Right. Uh, and, and you, you touched on, on that is the fact that he, his last two seasons, he's been a little bit injury prone. He's now, touched he, the ball a lot. Yeah. And can he, can he get into this program and find this weightlifting program that Washington gives and, and build those tendons and build those bones. And, you know, obviously you can't do much with bones, but you can, strengthen the areas around those bones and make your body more um, durable. So I, I'd really like to see this kid get in here and, and gain a little bit of good weight and keep that speed. Like you mentioned, I mean, he's a quick kid. He's a fast kid. So if he can keep that speed and add weight and still keep that power, he's going to be fun to watch. That's the thing about him is he's, he's still really skinny. Um, my guess is he'll end up, playing uh when he's on the field he'll probably be 225 230 i want to see a big bruising running back out of this kid that's what i want to see i want to see the guy that lays the lumber to the defense yeah he he is absolutely going to do that and i think like he he's an nfl style running back because he's going to be fast enough like what are you looking for in an nfl running back you're looking somebody could punish and run away from people and and Kayla Berry fits that mold really really well it's actually really shocking to me this is the one that uh I and I've talked to Caleb quite a bit it's it's very perplexing being from Texas and having uh, a lot of the publications down there in Texas uh really high on him uh and yet at the national level we just uh, I'm just kind of shocked at at where he's rated at uh, and I think again that kind of shows going to UW, being yeah. out of Texas, and going to the University of Washington isn't going to bode well for your your star rating. Yeah, and it came down with Caleb. It came down to Nebraska and Washington. Those were the two schools. Um, he loves Texas, but he he did want to experience something outside of the state. Oh, and he's gonna. Yeah. Yep. He actually finally was able, he was really concerned that he had never been up to Washington, uh, uh, even, you know, committing sight unseen to the university. And I think it was last week or the week before he finally was able to come up and uh, tour the campus. Next, we have Maurice Hines. Uh, he's from California, Santa Margarita Catholics Academy, school Academy. Um, he's actually, he was born in Germany and he's another one who just picked up football not that long ago. Uh, he's the outside linebacker, defensive end, pass rusher that this uh, program is looking for. He's super duper 
athletic. Um, he is uh, one of those guys that as Washington, you know, next year with ZTF, Leitu Latu, uh, and Savelle Smalls, he can sit behind and learn and grow and learn the sport. And he could be a high-end talent by his redshirt sophomore year. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and what this kid has going for him is that he's super long. Yeah. He's 6'5". He's got really long arms. He's, he's got long legs. So if they can – right now he's, his sitting weight is 235. If they can get him up to 265, 275 at, with that length – and build power behind that length. That's what that first bodes, round draft picks look like. Right. That bodes really well for a weak side D end or a, or a, or an outside linebacker. You know, th- those are the type of guys that his, his body's built a lot like Javon curses in a way that his arms and legs are so long. And if he can get that strength behind them, that's going to bode really well for the kid. Like you mentioned, that's a, that's a first round selection right there. If, if, mm-hmm. if he can get the football mind, and the the skills to to go with that body type, it's he, he's going to be devastating the offenses. Being developed by Pete Kukowski, I think, is a perfect place for a guy who has all the intangibles and and could turn into something. It's a fantastic prospect to have in the program to see if he develops. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we have Kwao Pehopa. Uh, he's one of our favorites in this class. Uh, he is a defensive tackle. He's over 300 pounds. He's six foot three. Uh, and he is one of the most violent uh, linemen in this class. Dude, and just such a nice kid. The, one of the best. I mean, talking to this kid, he is so humble and yeah. just wholehearted. At, the kid, I don't have enough nice things to say about him. He, from the minute that we started talking with him, he, he made me smile. He made me laugh um, enough about his personality because we want to watch him on the football field. Yeah. And he, when he's, when he hits that football field, he, it's like over the top, man, his hat turns backwards mm-hmm. and he turns into a machine. Trev, you do not get that, hated reference. that reference. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> he's a big big strong kid um i think where his strength is is in in his upper body right now he needs to find that weight room on them on them legs but when he does he is going to be the real deal he is going to he's going to start by his sophomore year guaranteed uh yes that's exactly where i have him too and 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 when you say that it's kind of like sophomore or like redshirt freshman he'll start seeing the field as a redshirt freshman which for sure is kind of like his sophomore year and the thing about him is for a guy that's 300 pounds you've never it, it's 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 shocking how he doesn't look like he's 300 pounds right um he is he's lean um for how big he is and he's explosive uh he's also like he he's he watches film from everybody. He talked about how before a game he was watching uh, the honey badger and saw that every time he would go for a tackle, he'd try to grab for the ball. So he went out and had like two fumble recovery, forced fumbles with recoveries. Like that's just kind of the guy he is. He's willing to try anything. And um, he's another guy. He's never been to Seattle. He can't wait to get here. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't wait to have him, man. Next up we have Zachary Spears from Loyola high school in Los Angeles. 
Um, he's 6'2". He's 180. He's another one that uh, his ceiling is absolutely out of this world. He's right now he's relying on athleticism uh, and instincts, and he's really gone to work to become uh, just a really, really stellar defensive back for the University of Washington. He's multifaceted as well. He can play on the outside. Um, he can play on the inside. He can also be uh, a safety. So when he gets here, I expect him to just blossom into uh, one of the next great uh, Husky defensive backs. Yeah, and this kid has so much going for him. Um, we know this kid. Uh, he is so smart. Yeah. The kid is incredibly smart. And to top that off, he has the right body for it. He's 6'2 as a corner. Yeah. He is athletically gifted. He has the size and he has the brain. And when all three of those things come together, he's going to be a special, special cornerback for the University of Washington. I, I totally agree. And he's one of those guys that um, he's and, – and actually a lot of the guys in this class have uh, used this time of, you know, missing their fall season and being quarantined all summer. He's worked his tail off, him and his dad – Bobby Spears have spent a ton of time in the weight room and uh, doing a film study with Zakari. Uh, he was talking about just with the amount of work that he's done in the weight room and in the film room. Um, he just can't wait to get back on the field to, you know, he's already in my mind, he's one of those guys that should be a four-star along with Pehopa. Um, mm -hmm. yep. How much he's grown during this nine to 10 month layoff. No, and speaking of Bobby Spears, dude has one of the dopest Twitter accounts on the face of the earth. Yeah, and then he wore the best sweatshirt for his kids signing day today. ever, man, ever. So he, <laughs> yeah, I and and you know what? I, that's a really good lead-in to our next guy. Uh, these are two of my favorite recruits. They're also got two of the coolest dads. And of course, next we have Dyson McCutcheon of Bishop Amont High School uh, in the same LA area. They actually, Loyola and Bishop Amont last year were in the same league together. Um, Dyson uh, is 5'10, he's a buck 65. This kid, uh, he is Elijah Molden 2.0. Yeah. He, he knows the game so well. And, and some of that's because of his dad. His dad, Dalen McCutcheon, he played for USC and he went on to uh, play with the Browns uh, among other teams for almost a decade. And, and those two just break down film together. Uh, Dyson is, he knows the game so well. It's so eerie how similar he is to Elijah Molden. Um, obviously with Elijah being the son of Alex Molden, who um, ex NFL player as well. Dyson knows how to play the game at a really, really high level. And uh, it, this one baffles me why he's not a four-star. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of just, you, you stole my thunder with the <laughs> comparison of Elijah Molden. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say this kid projects to the inside in that nickel spot, kind of like Elijah Molden plays. Um, I'm pretty upset at you for stealing that from me. <laughs> because okay. That's but the other one, I mean, he's very, Trent McDuffie-ish as well. Uh, absolute ball hawk, uses the side well, and he returns punts and kicks. Yeah, yeah. I I just see Dyson playing 
that that nickel all around the field flying yeah. downhill making tackles in the backfield he has that football mind about him he's grown up with that background his dad was a high level player and he will be too absolutely i it, this his film is so good he he knows how to play the position so well uh this next step for him is learning washington schemes and uh, having a guy come in with that baseline knowledge already where all he has to do is learn uh, the language for Washington and the scheme and the way that they position themselves, he's, he is, uh, he's well on his way to being a contributor early. The only reason you don't see him contributing early is just because we keep peddling corners, Yep. right? I mean, I, we just have so many talented guys that play that position that it's going to be hard for him to break that, break that room, you know, break onto the field. But I think he has the ability to do it. And I think he has the, I think he has the want to do it early. And I, I, I would not doubt him in, in getting early playing time. Yep. Uh, next up we have uh, Quentin Moore. He's a tight end. He's from, uh, the state of Washington. Uh, he went down to Independence Community College. Uh, he's committed to the Huskies. He's just his his route to get here is just so special. Where you know he was he had a lot of other things on his plate that uh, that kept him from getting the grades he needed to to get into Washington out of high school. He went down, uh, was able to focus at independence got his grades up to where he was eligible to come to Washington and here he is and he's going to be coming in uh not as a high school senior but as a guy who's already played a year of college football knows how to play with big boys and should be an absolute uh instant contributor to this Washington program yeah I mean he's already ready to go he's six five and a half two hundred forty five pounds I mean the guy the guy is physically ready he is a ball hawk this kid reminds me a lot of hunter bryant in the way that he is just more physically gifted than a lot of other guys that played this position he doesn't drop a lot of balls he has the ability to high point balls and and he's really fun to watch yeah he i think he also compares to somebody like an austin safarian jenkins yes six five and a half yep uh he's gonna be an absolute monster in the red zone he also catches the ball over the middle and uh he'll punish a um a defensive back next up one of my favorite another one of my favorites got it's hard to keep (laughs) saying that i found like such a homer but i'm gonna lean into it Uh, is uh voitanufi another guy who got to play his high school season um (laughs) boy is one of the most explosive defensive linemen in the 2021 class uh it was it was really cool when i got to talk with him he was with his high school coach because he lives with his high school coach and um talking with his high school coach from east high school down in, in utah where they just pump out they have three guys right now on washington's roster um he compared his first step to uh aaron donald right yeah i mean this this kid is so what i love about him is he's out of utah and we just keep poaching kids out of utah yeah there it's such a good job of washington recruit staff to to keep uh, ty jones puka nakua 
now Voy. Sam I mean, Taimani. Sam Taimani. I it just it it makes my heart happy that yep. we just keep poaching these kids out of Utah. This kid had a, a power five offer from almost everybody. You look at Arizona State, you look at Arkansas, Cal, BYU. I, the list goes on and on and on. And it's because of that first step that you talked about. He is so fast off the ball. Sometimes that gets him in a little bit of trouble in high school football because he's so his he's got such a high motor that he's ready to go. But when he waits for the snap count and he gets off the ball, how he wants to get off the ball, he's going to be any any offensive lineman that he wants to beat. He's Levi on Wuzurike. I think he might be better than Levi Anzarike. He has the he probably has a higher ceiling. I agree. I so. His first step with just coming from high school is so explosive that he's going to you know those defensive linemen and Levi is one of those who did it so well is he's different from a pocket collapser that we're used to at Washington with right. uh, uh, Greg Gaines and Vita Vea and Danny Shelton. Yeah, this guy's attacking. Uh, it's, it's Levi where every few plays like as soon as the ball snapped Levi's tackling the quarterback as they're trying to you know hand the ball off because he just shot through the double team before it arrived and uh, that's what you're going to get out of Fort Danufi and uh, I am I'm just so excited that uh, Washington was able to get him if you look at it, three years from now if you project to me that it's going to be Voy and Kuau yeah paired up together yeah you have Kuao that's going to be the pocket collapser, the yep. big kid that's going to demand a double team. And you're going to have Voy, who is absolutely going to wreak havoc in the backfield. And you pair them up with athletes on the outside, yeah. maybe Savelle, hopefully he's still here. Uh, he whoever, might be in the NFL. Yeah, whoever it's going to be, if we have pass rushers, maybe the next guy that we're going to talk about. Um, it, it it bodes really well for this defense, man. It really, really does. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's it's the Thule and Taki. Like, these guys can be uh, – really, they could be the next uh, defensive lineman that comes out of Washington that just destroys rhythms for, uh, for the teams in the conference. Next up, we got Will Latu from Bethel High School. He's listed as an athlete. Um, from what Jimmy Lake said today, it looks like they're going to slide him in as a middle linebacker. Uh, Lake said that he thinks that Latu is one of the – probably the best middle linebacker on the West Coast, and I agree with him. He plays a lot of running back. He's got really, really quick feet. He's 6'2", 221, like the perfect size for a middle linebacker. He's an absolute missile. He uh, looks for contact on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and he knows how to read running lanes, which is, as we know from this year and last year, very, very important for this Washington defense. Yeah, um, I kind of projected Will myself as an outside linebacker. Um, He's probably not tall enough to be an outside linebacker. He's only 6'2", 221. But just watching his film, the kid has the knack to get after the football and get after the quarterback. That's probably because Bethel's scheme is having him rush the passer. But I just think he has the ability to get through the offensive line. And he's kind of when he gets through, he's a ball hawk. Mm -hmm. um, and he's just a punisher, like you said. 
But if, if Jimmy Lake says that he projects him as a middle linebacker, then, I mean, that's probably where he's going to play, and he's probably going to excel because the kid has the athleticism to play wherever he wants. Like you said, I mean, he's just a big pounding kid that wants to find contact. So if that's who my middle linebacker is going to be, that's what I want, right? I want a guy that wants to hit somebody. Yeah, and, you know, you look at uh, his – the way that Washington runs their scheme, he'll be, he'll be one of those two in the four, two. And uh, I think that, you know, he's, he's got (laughs) that room just keeps getting more and more talent put into it. And uh, he's definitely, he's multi, he can play, he can play in different spots, which makes him valuable. Um, And uh, I think that he's, he's going to push those guys that are ahead of him that were also really, really high, prospect as well next up we have Jabez Tine from Kennedy Catholic uh he is 6'1 he's 187 Sports Illustrated uh All-American has him ranked as the number four um slot receiver in the 21 class and man this guy is super polished for a high school receiver um he has a couple of teammates that are going to be playing one of them is going to be down in Arizona state. The other one, I don't believe has signed anywhere yet, but it's looking like he'll be at Washington state. Jabez is the most polished of them. He's six one. He runs the route tree extremely well. Uh, He is, if I had to choose one of those receivers to get uh, Jabez is the one I want. Yeah. He, he is such a good route runner. Yeah. Um, he has the size to be on the inside. He's six one, one eighty seven, and, and I that's don't big for. Wa- I mean, Washington is going after bigger receivers now, and like six one on the inside a few years ago would be crazy, right? As as opposed to like the Chicos and yeah. guys like that. Um, even on the outside, I mean, you look at John Ross and Dante; those guys weren't skyrockets either. You know, they weren't bigger than everybody we have well, now. They're six foot. Yeah, exactly. So. You look at Jabez, and he's big as far as Washington traditionally goes on the inside, but he has the speed and the <laughs> route running ability to really carve up defenses, man. And and he's not a traditional slot receiver in the fact that he only catches slants and, and quick outs and stuff like that. Dude can absolutely go deep. Oh, and yeah. we works defenses from deep, especially when you have Sam Heward throwing you the ball. Right. Um, he – is like you said, I mean, he's the best out of the three coming out of Kennedy Catholic, but not only that, he's probably the best outside of a Mecca receiver we have in the state. Oh, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that he's another one who's going to push, push early. Uh, But we're seeing that, you know, and we'll get to that when we get uh, to the end of this is this roster is stacked. And so this class is really with some high end potential is a great class to have as you've stacked these four. Of course, um, these guys will obviously come in and try to produce right away because, you know, they're competitors. Right. Um, Next up on that list is O'Day's offensive guard. He's an interior lineman. It's Owen Prentice. Washington was in a pretty good battle um with Stanford for Owen and uh Owen is probably the most polished the best he's definitely the best interior lineman on the west coast 
but along with that is uh, he's one of the most skilled offensive linemen in the nation. Man, and we want to talk about a punishing kid. Oh. This kid is absolutely a hitter. Yep. I feel bad for not only kids that he's playing in, in high school that aren't at a collegiate level that are trying to rush the passer because Owen has the ability to just toss anybody he wants in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as that translates into college, I think it hundred percent translates into college. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get faster. And he loves to hit people. He loves to push people back. And I think he has the ability to, to really shine early on this offense, man. He has so much potential, but he's already tapped into that potential, which is fun. I mean, as a high school kid, your, your body is so uncoordinated and you haven't quite hit your, your coordination peak, but he's already starting to put it together, which is going to be really good for him when he comes to Washington. Yeah. And he moves really, really well. He's going to pull uh, extremely well when he's uh, regardless if he's on the right or the left side, um, he's going to be that guy that you see out in front of a caravan of, uh, you know, for a, a screen pass or even, you know, just pulling on a, on a pitch play or something like that. He moves really well. He's got really, really good hands. Uh, and I think that, you know, you see this in a few years when this offensive line turns over, he's going to be right there uh, competing for one of those starting spots. Yeah, and am I glad that we beat Stanford out for Owen because after losing to them with Foster Sorrell, yep. losing to Stanford again on the state's best offensive lineman would have would have really hurt. So Owen coming here, coming to Washington, is a a huge get for this organization and for this program yes. because it shows, and he's going to show in the years coming that coming here is beneficial to recruits in the state of Washington. Yeah. And Washington's really, I mean, you can look lately, they've been able to keep some of their uh, best guys in here, but Foster Sorrell leaving to go to Stanford. And the one that I think will always hurt me just a little bit is David DeCastro um, deciding to go down to Stanford. So it's always good to see that. Um, I know that Caden Jumper was uh, other than the coaching staff. He was probably the biggest uh, recruiter in Owen's ear. Uh, when I interviewed Owen, uh, Caden for the first time, he was driving in a car with Owen and, uh, he said that he was openly recruiting him as we were speaking. The last guy in this class is one who's been, uh, committed for the longest. And that's of course the big lefty, Sam Heward. He's Kennedy Catholic. He's six foot one. He's a buck 90. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, where do you want to start with uh, what Sam brings to this program? Just off the bat, the thing that I just wanted everybody to know about Sam Heward and his, in, in his ratings is as of today, he is the fourth highest rated player to commit to the University of Washington. Yeah. Um, that is huge. Uh, the f- number one overall rating pick was – um Shaq Thompson we mentioned him earlier Mm -hmm. and his career at Washington was phenomenal now as a quarterback being the highest rated quarterback to ever join the Washington Huskies is a huge huge get for these guys now with that being said he was always a dog right? right his dad was a dog 
his uncle was a dog and i guarantee i get i guarantee that they were in his ear saying hey man you know yeah do whatever you want sam but at the end of the day you know you 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 are born and raised bleeding purple and gold and that's the way that sam stayed he stayed true to his colors and and his upside we did film study with sam and his knowledge of the game is unlike any high school quarterback that we've ever seen yeah he, he, he has the arm talent. He has the knowledge. He has the ability to play at an extremely high level. He is going to be a phenomenal. I mean, you, you've seen it all over uh, social media pages, Husky Nation, all the other ones. Um, people are clamoring for him to start right away. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, I think he's going to redshirt a year, get in the program, build up his body, learn the program, but I do think he's a contender for early playing time. And I think he's a contender for a lot of three, at least three years of starting. Yeah. And as college football changes, I mean, guys like him start earlier and earlier. Right. Um, he, uh, he, where his, his, where he's coming in at his baseline is, is so high. Um, the way he can already make, uh, all the throws well. Um, he he knows defenses really well. And when we did that um, film study with him, we just it was really really small things on the um, on the uh, tape that he saw live with people trying to tackle him that he was able to identify in a snap and, and make a throw in a really tight window. And that's, that's what Sam Heward brings is an elite arm and an elite brain. Yes. Um, one of the most amazing things about him too is, I mean, talking with him, he is as cool as they come, mm. uh, as relaxed as they come, uh, even with all of the expectations that are put on him. Um, and uh, I, I think that, he's going to meet those and exceed those because I think that he's that transcendent of a player and he's that transcendent of a person. Yes. I a hundred percent agree. He is a, he is a class changer as far as recruiting goes. He is a organization changer as far as schools go. He is the Trevor Lawrence of the Washington Huskies. Totally had, agree with you. He he's going to come in. He, I mean, he's going to push. He'll compete right away, obviously, and uh, he'll get on the field early in his career. And uh, he's going to be able to take advantage of having those, uh, you know, a, an experienced offensive line, really good stable of running backs, and some really talented receivers to really change this offense into a, an absolute juggernaut. Yes. He is, um, he, he, he is a difference maker by himself. Totally agree with you. Um, now, I want to take Sam out of this because I think that conversation is a, is a much bigger conversation about, about the quarterback position uh, with the news today that Jacob Sermon uh, is transferring. Uh, it, by all accounts, uh, Kevin Thompson uh, is going to graduate from the University of Washington. So with Sam coming in next year, you now have um, scholarship quarterbacks. You have 
uh, Dylan Morris, you have Ethan Garbers, and you have Sam Heward. So it's going to be a three-way competition between, uh, let's take this year out of it, you have a redshirt freshman, a, a, a redshirt sophomore. Uh, Dylan Morris? Yeah, will he? No, he'll be a, no, he'll he'll be be a redshirt, redshirt freshman. freshman. Redfer, redshirt freshman. And then I guess two true freshmen uh, with Garbers having one 2020 season uh, in the book. So, um, I mean, honestly, that is a wide open field. Obviously, Dylan Morris right now has an edge because he played and, and he performed well. Yeah. But uh, what do you see with that? that quarterback position it's so hard to judge man oh you thought it was hard last year with upperclassmen i know uh i and you were right well again stop uh i i really like dylan morris um and and i think everybody does now right the writing was on the wall with Jacob Sermon entering the transfer portal last year when he did not get the starting job. Um, And then he didn't get it again this year. You knew that you knew he was gone. This Uh, is the second time in the portal too. Right. Exactly. Um, It man. Are you asking me how I, who I think is going to start the year next year? No, that's going to be a conversation for the that's spring, a, I think. But yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough call as far as the battle goes. Personally, personally, I think it's a two-way battle between Heward and Morris. Um, I just think Heward is like we talked about. He's so transcendent as far right. as quarterbacks go, and and you you mentioned earlier quarterbacks that have this prestige coming out of high school are getting earlier playing time because if they don't then other recruits aren't going to want to come there because they're not if you're not going to play by your junior or senior year why does a high level recruit want to go there right right trevor lawrence was such a highly touted recruit that it, he forced a well-known commodity out of that quarterback Absolutely. starting spot and he was not playing bad he was playing good but he right. wasn't playing at a trevor lawrence he wasn't level. trevor lawrence Right. And I think Sam Heward's going to have as much as Washington likes to preach, compete, compete, compete. Sam Heward is Sam Heward. He comes from rich bloodlines. He comes from a lot of talent and there is going to be clamoring that these coaches will not be able to ignore. Yeah. And that's definitely a possibility. And, and, uh, uh, Heward's a, Heward's a, I mean, the guy is, is confident and he's a competitor, he's a competitor. So um, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is uh, I, I, after uh, Ethan Garber's uh, junior year, I've learned to uh, not count him out of anything either. Right. Um, so here's a couple of questions for you. The first one is, Choose somebody outside of Sam Heward that you believe will see early playing time. The, oh boy. Um, Jabez. Okay. Uh, I Why think, do you think that? Because I still think there's room to be had in that wide receiver field. Um, I, I like where our wide receiver room is going, but I still think that there's talent 
uh, not lacking, but not as solidified as other positions in that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think Jabez is probably in the fold for not starting, but early playing time. Yeah. And uh, I guess the other guy that I'm going to take out of this mix is Quentin Moore as well, uh, because he's not coming in as a true freshman. Um, because I think that, and we already mentioned that he will play right away. The one that I'm really going to keep my eye on as this. As, Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Who is it? Caleb Berry. It's not Caleb. Ooh. Berry. And it's not, be, it's nothing to do with Caleb Berry. It's that the running back position is tough. Um, when you have so many backs right now that right. are splitting carries. Okay. Um, one more guess. Okay. Voy. It's, it's not, it's Dyson McCutcheon. Goodness. Um, watching Dyson McCutcheon, uh, outsmart high school players and coaches isn't necessarily the most impressive thing that I've, I mean, he's, he's got an NFL mind for a father, right? So like he's got, he, he has the knowledge, but the way that he uses his body, um, being, being on the shorter end of, of Husky, uh, corners he still has the ability to play outside because of how good he is with his body and how he uses the sideline i could see him finding his way onto the field early even in a stacked secondary yes yeah and after you said his name i was like ah you're right because he absolutely has i i almost think that he has the most chance to play early i think it's to say that because of how good that defensive back room is right i think it's kind of a toss-up between him and and jabez really jabez was the other one that i was thinking as well because i do think that he's such a polished receiver and Mm -hmm. uh i think that he's going to come in um i mean but you know ruma dunze and uh jalen mcmillan have both shown that uh they're ready to compete at the division one level too so right we'll see and then of course puka nakua is puka nakua right um how about um how do i say this um player that's most overlooked in this class oh that is a good question i think it's gonna be kuau yeah probably um or or will latu okay I i think um Will Latu is a four-star. He is the lowest-rated four-star, and I think uh, when we signed, when we, when he committed here, I thought that was a bigger get than most people gave it, just because of the fact that we've been clamoring for Emeka and JTT this whole time. But mm-hmm. I think Will Latu has the ability to come in and play really, really good, and Kuau uh, just because. Voy is like you mentioned, he is the guy that everybody's been kind of throning the next Aaron Donald prematurely, obviously he's still in high school, but I think those two paired up together are going to be phenomenal. So I, I think everybody's kind of forgetting about that second. There's, there's two halves in a hole, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I think he's been kind of getting overlooked. Yeah. I'm glad you went with two because there's definitely two on my list. Uh, the first one's Caden Jumper. Uh, I think that 
and and the beginning of his career when he starts to see the field you probably won't notice as much because I think that when he starts to play it's going to be uh as a blocker but once they allow him to show his athleticism in his hands I think that you know he's gonna really open some eyes like Will Disley and Drew Sample did uh the other one is Caleb Berry it just it boggles my mind uh why he's rated so low for his position uh, 247 has him the 56th best res, uh, running back in the nation. And I think I, 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 I just disagree with that. Sure. Under the radar player, so not one of the top players in this class, um, who could potentially be a first or a second round pick? Zachary Spears. Dang it! <laughs> uh, he's 6'2". Um, he's very athletically gifted and he has the mindset and the ability physically to to be a phenomenal quarterback for this for this program i know i'm sorry <laughs> i mean you can just agree i you know what i'm not gonna do that because i also think robert Worsh has a chance to be a transcendent left tackle sure best quarterback in the class caden jumper <laughs> Obviously, we're high on this class. There's a lot of players in this class who could end up being really, really good players. Uh, and there's guys that I guarantee you from this class, um, even outside of Sam Heward, will be in the NFL uh, in the next five to six years because there are some absolute studs in this group. Uh, I, I'm, I, I know Husky fans are disappointed that they're not, you know, a top 10 recruiting class. But Jimmy Lake and his staff went out and got players that fit what they're looking for. Uh, another one that people were pretty upset about, and I can't remember his name right now. He's a tight end that ended up going to Georgia. Uh, after coming to Washington, it was a real toss up. But the reality is he wanted to go to Georgia because it was a, it felt more like a college town. And uh, the thing is, is like, although that sucks not to get every single player that's the top of, you know, the two, four, seven boards. The thing is, is Quentin Moore is a baller. Yeah, and uh, you're getting a guy that's uh, can do exactly what these guys who are coming out of high school can do, and you've stacked such good players who are producing that uh, I think this is a perfect class uh, for where Washington is right now because there's some guys in here that um, are absolutely going to be developed and uh, are would be are going to be thought much differently when they uh, exit college. Well, and let's be honest, the, the state of the Washington football program isn't to the point of the Georgia Bulldogs right. or Clemson or Alabama. A lot of these SEC teams are not leagues ahead of Washington, but they are. There's Big Ten teams, Ohio State, um, Wisconsin. I mean, I, w I would throw Penn State recruiting-wise ahead of us. Even though they're having a bad year, they've they've brought in a lot of talent over there. They absolutely have. I think that Ohio State is able to come to the West and pull more than a a Penn State. Yes. I think that the teams that you're looking at that um, if you see them on a list right now with Washington that really make you nervous around the country are Ohio State, Georgia, um, Oregon, Alabama, and then uh, Oregon really is. Uh, recruiting at a pretty high level. We'll see if they can turn their guys into something. Uh, their success <laughs> came from um, previous coaching staffs and, and the regression uh, from that program this year is, uh, I, I would say, alarming. 
And not alarming. I mean, if you're an Oregon good, fan, yeah, not for us. It's gravy. Yeah. Um. Now, the 2021 class is not complete. Um, there's still some guys out there that um, are available that I think Washington could end up uh, getting. And of course, the the one that comes to everybody's mind who follows recruiting is JT Tulumalau. Um, he's the best player in the in the country. He's a defensive lineman. That, I mean, if you put him on the other side of a Savelle Smalls in a year, that's a national championship level uh, edge rushers. Um, he just brought out his final five. Uh, he didn't really tip his hand either way. He listed them in order alphabetically. So when Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, and Washington. So, uh, and, and I guess some hope for Washington is Will Latu is one of his best friends. And uh, so there is a chance that Washington gets him. Uh, I would put that over the other one. Uh, the other one is Byron Cardwell out of California. Um, he's a big back. He's uh, a little bit different of a player than um, Caleb Berry. But if I were, if I had to bet on one of those two, um, I would put my money on JT because I, I think that Cardwell knows that uh, coming here, he's going to be in a stable and, uh, I don't know if, I mean, he can compete with Caleb Berry, but you know, they're very similar. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I, you just mentioned the fact that we have a lot of running backs in the stable. Um, is, is Byron a guy that's going to come in and play right away? No, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably going to want to go somewhere that he is going to play right away. He's pretty warm on Cal. Uh, UCLA. That's where I think he's going to end up. Yeah, he'll probably end up in Cal. Um, so the chances of him coming here, I mean, I'm not big on them. Uh, I wouldn't count it out. Um, but we're all holding our breath for JT. Right. That'll do it for us for Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. And our music is brought to you by Jacob Falkerson from the Other Side of It podcast. I'm Trevor. He's Jake. Go dogs. Go dogs.